Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, baby, what's going on? Oh, man, this is a week that I've been looking forward to all year long, Shane, because this is the first week yeah. where we got nothing but SEC matchups. Yes, sir. Me and Steven, we've dubbed it Separation Saturday. You know, the <laughs> divisions won't be settled. Thankfully, this early. Yeah. But we'll start to, the picture will become clear. Absolutely. Who's a contender? Who's a pretender? And not to say you're eliminated if you lost. Right. But it's an up, up, uphill climb. Yeah. If you lose on Saturday for a number of these teams, I can't wait. Separation Saturday. I like that, man. <laughs> Dove that. Yeah. I, I think, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. You know, for so many weeks now here, we've been, well, is is Florida good, you know, or is right. Utah bad or good, you know, and you're just kind of weighing these different teams and you're trying to, oh, what do we have? We're trying to get a, a landscape. We got to see a little bit, bit of it last week, a uh, couple of SEC matchups, but this mm-hmm. is it, man. This is when, this is when the, the what they say, the tread hits the pavement, you know, and, and now yep. we're going to start seeing that separation. So I like that separation Saturday. That tread comment, that may, that's got me thinking about your walk of Shane. Yeah, <laughs> I just now like my head's peeling. You know, I don't know if you know. So I, I'm obviously I have no hair. I can't grow it right, but I let it grow out just a little bit while this whole thing's doing its stuff. You know, because right now I look like I got leprosy or something. You know, so I'm like, I'm just gonna let that play out. But it, it's almost all ailments are gone finally from from that Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's the m- number one comment I hear every time I say anything about. South Carolina or something or Florida, it's like mm-hmm. you gonna walk a mile forever. I'm like, Hell no! You can stop asking that. That's never happening again. <laughs> All right, Shane. The game I know you can't wait to discuss: South Carolina at Tennessee. Dark yeah. mode activated. <laughs> it's gonna hype up them fans. They were already at an eleven. I don't know how much more excited they could get for this matchup, but. This is one of the ones I was talking about, Shane. I think if you lose it, we're basically writing you off. Yeah. I mean, you could still have a good season. Oh, yeah. But you're not going to win the East. Right. If you lose this game, and even though everybody's got Georgia pegged as the team to beat, as they should, these the winner's still alive. And, mm-hmm. and that's crucial because you just never know who's going to get hot. How much uh, pressure, and not, I'm not saying we're going to fire the coach or anything, but who's under more pressure in this matchup? And you could do, you could say coach, you could say team, whatever. Tennessee hosting South Carolina, yeah. Tennessee a big favorite. Who's under more pressure? You think? Um, I, I think you gotta go Tennessee balls. I mean, the fact that they're a two score favorite, you know, we're we're going to Neyland. Everybody uh, outside Columbia, there's a few of us. There's a few people that are that realize South Carolina's got a good squad. Yeah, uh, they got to see it with Georgia. So I'm not I'm not shitting on their program at all. I mean, one they, of us in this room thinks South Carolina's got a good team. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm tell just you. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah. again, you're talking about expectations. 
Tennessee's expected to win this game at home, you know. Yeah. So everybody's going to be talking about last year, and but that's a different team, different quarterbacks, different players, blah, blah, blah. This thing is building up to a bigger game. Like you said, the separation, I, uh, I like that. The only pause I would have on that is South Carolina already played Georgia and they played them good, you know, played them tight. Could have yeah. could have went either way. So the pressure on South Carolina to win this game is is pivotal because after this, then they're they're compared to lesser than opponents. They don't have an opportunity to play Georgia again. They don't have mm-hmm. Tennessee has Alabama. They have Georgia. You sneak one if even if you lose to South Carolina, but you win one of those games, people are talking about you again. And I and so I kind of go back and forth on the pressure side of it. But I think at the end of the day, all the shit talking, the dark mode had it, it, it kicked <laughs> in, you know, um Tennessee, the revenge, you know, I, I've seen so many pictures of revenge jerseys coming out. So that that's what this thing's going to be dubbed. And if we lose two in a row, then we're going to say, well, what are we, you know? Right. And how about this? I, I realize South Carolina has got a worse record than Tennessee, mm-hmm. but they played a significantly more difficult schedule up to yeah. this point. Which team has proven more to you just this season, South Carolina or Tennessee? Uh, easy, South Carolina. Yeah, that's why I worry about them. You know, because I, I saw <laughs> battle tested. I, I saw what they did with Georgia. I saw Mississippi State last week. There was some bad, but there was a lot of good. Mm-hmm. The Furman, the, even the North Carolina game. You know, I, I think if they played them again right now, I think South Carolina wins that game. So, yeah, um, there's there's a part of me that feels like this program is further along than a lot of SEC programs. So, not even close. To, uh, give me South Carolina. And six months ago, Shane, if I would have told you, you know, let's let's remove the names. We don't even know who we're talking about. Yeah, entering this game, this quarterback is smoking hot. Yeah, should be in more Heisman consideration. Mm-hmm. This could be a nationally breakout game. If I would have uttered those statements six months ago, heading into the South Carolina-Tennessee game, I bet you would have bet the mortgage that we're talking Joe Milton, yeah. not Spencer yeah. Rattler, who's been red hot. and uh, Even young players emerging. Yeah. That, that was the theme with Josh Hopple and the Tennessee Vols is that you know what? It doesn't matter that Tillman's not here. It doesn't matter that Hyatt's not here. We're going to have some other guys pop. And it's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> it's squirrel, and that's it. It can't even get brew to get going, you know? So I, I think that is is probably like the biggest eye-opener for me is that there hasn't been that dude come in. Maybe Samson, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. But really, look at South Carolina. We, we just – I keep talking about the – arguably one of the best wide receivers in the country that's not Juice Wells. We didn't see that coming out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. um, kudos to South Carolina for finding that talent. And they still got some dudes on there starting to merge. Right. And what about for the state of these programs? Again, we're not going to write off these coaches who are, have built so much goodwill yeah. for each fan base after a couple years here. But I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to sell to the Vol fans. If Hypo loses at home, and also South Carolina again, I don't think they'll be too mad. Yeah, but they're they're confident, buddy. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you. I mean, they're not only are they going to win, they're going to beat the brakes off Tennessee. Tennessee ain't played nobody. Mm-hmm. Spencer's red hot. He's going to have seven touchdowns in this one. You wait and see. <laughs> He's going to be 
rat, he's going to rattle kneeling. I've uh-huh. heard that time and time again. So I think there will be some goodwill lost from each fan base of their coach. Again, they can make it up, but I think goodwill will be lost on Saturday. So I don't know, Shane. I mean, I think this this could be a defining game for both programs. Is that fair? That's fair, and that's why we love – I think that's why this game is getting so much buzz right now because it is two clear fan bases that just think like they're going to win. Not just win, they're going to kick the other team's ass. You right. know? South Carolina fans think they're going to go to Knoxville and just beat the shit out of the Vols. The Vols think, you know, we're going to beat the shit out of South Carolina. Shane Beamer, get the camera ready, see what kind of, you know, <laughs> pitching fits he has on the sidelines. That's that's just where they're at. But you can't – you're not going to have that. I don't think this is going to be a close game. I think one, one team is going to just run away with it. And, and when it does, it's going to get ugly, just like it did last year. South Carolina got them last year. Does Tennessee get it this year? Or does South Carolina repeat? You know, I, I think – I don't know. I, you're talking about defining coaches. If South Carolina, if, if Shane Beamer comes to Knoxville and beats the Vols in front of everybody, I, I, I mean, you got to make the the argument that because we always compare coaches, like who's yeah. who's getting further along, who's doing better. For what Shane has been working with, I can't say that he's not a better quarterback or coach than Hopple. So, right. Over I'm, under. Last thing I want to ask you about this: over under three and a half. Memes, videos, graphics, whatever, that both of these social media, South Carolina and Tennessee, are sitting on, waiting to hit send the moment this game's over. Is is it over three and a half for each of them? I would say South South Carolina can bring it, man. And Tennessee's good, too. Don't get me wrong. But... You know, the thing is, I do notice they mix it up on platforms. So I'm going to go over because you may see one on TikTok that's not on Twitter. Uh, but these guys are ready. I think they, it's like a half dozen. Each you, of them are ready. Some of them have got their crew working right now. They, you know what I'm saying? They are making some Sopranos video or something, you know. So it's going to it's gonna be good. It's going to be good. And the other one's going to – the other fan base is going to absolutely hate it. So. Yeah. Oh, wait. One more thing. Remember, I was stunned. We were both stunned when mm-hmm. this opening line came out. Tennessee is a two-touch, well, 11 favorite. Yeah. Now it's like 12 and a half, 13. That yeah. surprised me just as more. I mean, that, that the money is coming in. I would have thought it would trend the other way, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Milton, maybe the, the confirmation that he's good. Right, and, right. And maybe that was the, the uptick there, but... You know, it's always eye-opening when Vegas moves, you know, that much. That that means people are putting a lot of money on it. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I mean, as a ball fan. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? What could, you go, know? what could go wrong? Maybe I'll lock this one down, Mike. <laughs> I know Joe went back in the game after the, the knee injury the other day. Uh, you thought he was fine. He said he was fine after the game. Did anything change injury-wise over the last – 48 hours yeah I can't believe it took this long to get that question so uh he uh you know for us I know there's a picture out there um but uh uh, for us routinely on Sundays we're going to make sure that our players are are healthy um you know we have a diagnosis inside and uh with our doctors but uh, we're going to make sure that medically they they check up on them as well and uh Joe's been good feels good uh he was with us today so anticipate him being ready to go play really well uh, first night game 
at home. Can you speak to the importance of the crowd Saturday night? Yeah, home field advantage uh, matters. Uh, we need energy, momentum. I uh, need to make it extremely difficult for them to communicate. And, um, you know, for us, uh, our fans need to be a huge part of this football game. They have been uh, every Saturday that I've, I've been here. I uh, can't wait. Uh, expect to be a lot more boats tied up on the river this week and, and uh, expect ball walk to be electric and cannot wait for, uh, for the noise and, and the energy inside of the stadium. I mean, obviously, the, the game here last year, big moment, big win for you guys, and you hope you can build on it. Sitting here 10 years, I mean, 10 months later. It feels have, like 10 years yeah, at times. I was going to say, sure. have, you, have you seen that growth in part because of that victory last year and what it started? Yeah, I think there's signs of it, certainly. Not that we weren't a confident team before that game, but I think certainly the confidence that we took out of that game led right into the next week against Clemson. Uh, didn't win the bowl game, but – you know, um, gave ourselves an opportunity to, and then just the expectations that we have going into this season. That was a tremendous uh, team that we played last year uh, in Tennessee here at home. And uh, we played obviously really, really well that night. And then I think everybody got to see the Spencer that we had been seeing in practice. He put it all together and he's only taken off, you know, since that game uh, as well. So certainly there were a lot of things that came out of that night. It wasn't like all of a sudden, like we weren't confident. And then the flip switched uh, because, um, uh, or the switch, switch flip, flip, switch flip. You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't like all of a sudden it was from that game, but because uh, we were confident going into it and had some big wins before that. But I think when you just put it all together, national television, people that were here, the whole nation saw it, certainly kind of took things to a, a – we were able to take another defense, step. Uh, that's a team that specifically, at least on offense, likes to use the width of the field with their receivers, put defenders in space. Uh, what kind of challenges does that present to such a young and partially banged-up secondary? Yeah, it's tough. Um, one, they got really, really good players. You know, it's a, the, the, the body types at receiver – you know, that's just you got bigger bodies like uh, McCoy, who's a, just a physical dude out there. And then you got smaller slot receivers like uh, Squirrel and and uh, Length, like number one, uh, Thornton that transferred from Oregon. I mean, you got a lot of length out there, all those guys out there. So it's length, it's quickness, it's size, it's physicality. And then you get out there in space, that's tough to handle. To the tempo, you know, they're spread out. They use sideline to sideline. So you've got to, one, figure out where they are and get lined up. Two, you got to get the call from the sideline. Three, you got to get lined up and ready to play, which is easier said than done. And then we've got to do a great job of of tackling. And that's one thing that we did a good job of last year. Like they're in the passing game, they're going to get their completions. You've got to get them on the ground. You can't let a – you can't let a 10-yard route turn into a 60-yard touchdown. And, uh, but it's a challenge. But, you know, our guys are, uh, our guys are excited. Uh, these guys, Nick, DQ, Sell, OD, Jalen obviously wasn't here last year. But, you know, we really like our defensive back group. And, and uh, I'm excited to watch them play on Saturday night. They didn't have the game they wanted last Saturday against State. And, and uh, certainly, you know, they're motivated to get out there and play better this week. Shane, you mentioned the intimidating atmospheres. Do those environments, that atmosphere, does it become even tougher to play as an opposing team at night um, because the fans, they have a little bit longer to prepare and just – it seems like there's more excitement with yeah. the night game. No, I think there is, and I think there's a direct correlation to the amount of tailgating that's able to take place 
uh, before the game uh, as well. But I did see Coach Stoops' comments about Kentucky having a noon game and don't underestimate the Kentucky fans' ability to pound a bunch of beers in the morning before a noon kickoff. So uh, game time does matter. That gives them all day to, to get ready. I think we've seen, Rick, just with the environment in our own stadium, uh, what it can be at night uh, on the road in this league as well. But we know whether we – I've been in the Knoxville when I was at – Two years ago, we went up there at noon, and it was rocking. When I was at Georgia, we went up there, and it was three a 3.30 game in 2017, and it was rocking. And now I know I was, I've was i been there at night back in 2009 when we played them when I was here. I know that was a night game on Halloween night, and it was rocking. And I know that Saturday night will be rocking. But certainly, yeah, when you have all day to tailgate, they can get a little rowdy, but I know we'll have a ton of garnet and black uh, in that stadium on Saturday night up in Knoxville as well. So it gives our fans all day long to prepare and get ready also for what should be a great, great environment. Shane, another SECE showdown could go either way. A lot on the line, sticking on the theme of separation Saturday, Florida yeah, at Kentucky. And man, we, we don't know what to make of Kentucky yet because of their schedule. Mm-hmm. Similar things we could say about Florida. They they have a worse record than Kentucky. Yeah. But they've been tested to a higher degree than Kentucky. So I got more confidence in Florida in terms of what they've experienced this season. But also we could say maybe they maybe that was just a perfect storm when right. they played Tennessee with that electric environment, Tennessee melting down and you know, big plays going Florida's way. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and maybe Kentucky's just not put it all together. If they put it all together, maybe they not only do they win, they're currently favorite. Maybe they win big. Mm-hmm. This this is an epic, epic game. And again, um, I don't know if you you saw me share this, Shane, on the next uh, on the last show. But look at Kentucky, who they've got the next six games. I mean, this is this is unbelievable. Florida, which is number yeah. 22, at Georgia, number one. Missouri, number 23, comes to Lexington. Tennessee, number 21, comes to Lexington. At Mississippi State, that's always tough. And then Alabama, number 12. Yeah. That's their next six. And this is not to discredit Florida, but if Kentucky can't beat Florida at <laughs> home, to get th- this is going to backslide in a hurry. because I. What's the spread on this one now? Uh, I think it's minus two and a half in favor of Kentucky. So this is a coin flip game. Yeah. And, you know, there's part of me that is like, like Florida has, has laid it out on the line. They did against Utah. They did against Tennessee. I felt like they didn't hold anything back. And I don't think we've seen all of Kentucky yet. You know, I think we got to see a little bit of it last week against Vanderbilt, but I don't know. I'm not saying vanilla, but I'm saying I still think we've got some installs that we've not quite got to experience on game day. So I, I'm very intrigued with this one, and because I do think that out of all the teams that the that Florida's played this year, this is easily the best defense. Yeah. Um. You know. So I, that's that's the matchup. You know, Mertz has done flawlessly as far as efficiency. You know, he is he's he's. Typically not throwing it in a bad spot. He's getting his offense, you know, out of a predicament. You know, we see him shift around in the pocket a lot. I mean, he's a he's a good, efficient quarterback. You know, he's not a game changer, but he doesn't ruin the games. 
and then you got Kentucky that's good at taking things away. So it's like one of these guys are going to do well and one of them isn't. So I'm kind of kind of excited to see how that prevails. I hate that this game's at noon. Yeah. Um an early game. This when I think about some of the best matchups between these two programs, it's always at night. Mm-hmm. It's always electric at that environment. So I think this is a just you got two top 20 teams playing at 12. That's that's bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah, these guys should have been a late game easily, I, even a three thirty game. Yeah, kind of. I mean, say what you want. Uh, nothing against Auburn and Georgia. You know, I get it. It's the oldest rivalry, but do you really think that's going to be a better game than this one? No, I don't. No, and I think Mark Stoops has said it best, Shane. After their latest win, he said, "We're four zero." And I've been pissed off in every one of these post-game press conferences. You know, I mean, I mean that's it, that says it quite well. But uh, you know, I, I do anticipate the fans are are going to be wild and crazy again. Yeah. Mark Stoop and his pound of beer comments. I mean, yeah. that was classic. But uh, they're going to need to be. Yeah. And and you said it there because this if this is a night game, I got confidence in Kentucky mm-hmm. to win it in Lexington. But it's not a night game. Yeah. And that that may not change things, but it may. Yeah. So I, I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, I think we we really need to see Devin Leary get get going. Yeah. Got to stop with the penalties. Stop with the drops. He's been a little inaccurate, a little inconsistent. He's got to be the best quarterback in this football game yeah. if Kentucky's got any chance. Because because Graham Mertz has he stunned me about how yeah. efficient he's been, but. Devin Leary's got to win this football game for Kentucky. Yeah, because and another thing too is it's the stupid mistakes that Kentucky has done over and over these first three weeks, four weeks. You know, Florida has kind of cleaned up those mistakes. You know, now now when you get into SEC play, you know, a little you know a stupid misalignment or, or a, a bad route or something like that that results into a turnover could be a fourteen point swing. You know, so. Uh, you can't afford that. The, the 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 excuses are over for mm-hmm. for Kentucky. They're undefeated. I get it. I'm not piling on. The Kentucky fans think I hate them. You know, <laughs> every time I say it, I, I just I expect more from them. That's that's my deal. Is any game that they've had up to this point should never have been a game, Mike. It, it should have been just a blowout. Get the young kids out there. But I'm not seeing a complete game from first quarter to last and. And now, like you said, the next six games, you can't there's no more practice. You know, it's 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 showtime. And if you come out and you lose to Florida, it, it could easily spiral up there in Lexington and all of a sudden we got some fingers being pointed. The winner of this game, Shane, Florida at Kentucky. Would you go so far as to say they're the favorite? to be second in the East, or are you still not ready? Because we still got a red-hot Mizzou, yeah. Tennessee, yeah, South Carolina. That number two spot is wide open. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the gap between one and two is closer than it than it's ever been the last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. uh, no. And, and But you could say that with the West. It is <laughs> – this. I'm telling you, man, this has got the making of a fantastic – there's going to be a lot of heartbreak, and there's going to be some happy fans, but – I think at the end of this, there are going to be a lot of one-loss teams that we're trying to figure out who's the second best in any conference, you know? Mm-hmm. And Florida's defense, too. I mean, they've, they've been significantly better than than they showed 
last season. I know the the stats. Some of the stats say they're the best in the SEC. I I don't quite buy that, but they're going to have to step up. And going back to what I was saying about Devin Leary, it's going to be on Florida's defense to rattle him because he's been rattled at times. No. Mix it <clears> up <throat> on him uh, again. That each team's defense, I guess the offense is. I think it favors both defenses. Yeah. So it's going to be the offense that steps up, makes the play. Because I don't think, I don't think Kentucky is going to let Florida's ground game beat them. I think they're going to make Mertz. Yeah. And I think same thing. I don't. I don't know that Kentucky can run the ball on Florida. No. So it's it's going to come down to one of these quarterbacks <laughs> to make the play. You, you know? seen them big old bastards down there? You ain't nobody's <laughs> running in Florida. So that that's 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 I think that's what it boils down to. The running game is going to be. Out. It's going to be quarterback versus quarterback here, and the defense. You know, we. I'm. Not, I'm not shitting on Florida defense either because if you look at it, they played Utah and Tennessee at yeah. the start of the season. We thought that was going to be two of the most prolific offenses, and maybe they still are. And Florida just that good at slowing and stopping people. So, yep. Um, no, this is. It's it's almost like that Spider Man meme when they're like looking at each other, like yeah, Kentucky and Florida. I don't know which one's which, but that's why it's only a two point spread right now. It's going to be a hell of a matchup. It's just a shame that it's at noon, you know. Right, and especially with the way we came out and started, and started so fast. And it's a good example of what we can do when we put all phases together uh, for good good periods of time. So that was a great start to the game. Uh, but getting back to Florida, a team that's a very, very good team. You know, they're always talented and well-coached. You all know that. Uh, they've been dominant on the defensive side of the ball, first in the SEC. I think they're giving up less than, I think it's 2.9, uh, 2. less than three yards per rush, not giving up very many yards at all in the past game. So uh, been very dominant defensively and uh, offensively very efficient. You know, they, they – are going to do what coach does, you know, then, and, you know, that starts with them being a physical football team and being committed to the run game and then uh, booting and play actioning and things of that nature uh, off of the run game. So, um, you know, again, uh, a great challenge and looking forward to getting home and we need the crowd packed and we need them loud. Uh, it's going to be a big SEC East game and uh, looking forward to that challenge. Yeah, I think just continuing to work. I thought last week as a group, um, our offense, you know, really worked hard, you know, with the receivers and with him and getting on the same page and getting the timing down and really uh, trying to be more precise and consistent. And uh, at times that, that showed up this past week. And, and we're going to get better. We're going to continue to work and grow uh, in that area. Kentucky skill guys, obviously Devin Leary, the quarterback, and then Ray Davis, the guy that, you know, you were familiar with last year. Vanderbilt had a big Yeah, game. no, they're transfer heavy on offense. Um, I think they've got a good group of skilled players. You know, running back, um, primarily the, the player you're talking about is the featured back. The quarterback was fantastic at NC State. He's had a terrific career, uh, and he's off to a good start. And I think they've got the skilled players at receiver. These two true freshmen uh, that played last year are back as sophomores to transfer from Virginia Tech. Um, and then the tight end, I feel like this one guy, he's been there forever. But um, they've got a good group, and I think up front is where they've made some progress. You know, they um, So in general – I do think they have a good 
good complementary group of players on offense for sure. Generating more explosive plays, almost 200 passing yards on explosive passes. Just how, how important was that to get going against Charlotte, especially as you start to get into this road stretch against defenses like Kentucky's? Yeah, no, I mean, I think typically um, it's good It's good to – you've got to create explosives to win, right? We know that you've got to take care of the ball and you've got to get takeaways. You need to win the explosive battle. You need to win the rush battle. Uh, and you try to make a game-changing play every week on special teams. I mean, we know those things are – if you just simplified it, those are things that can contribute to that. So – uh, in our league, rushing the ball consistently can be challenging at times, depending on who you're playing. So you're going to have to create some explosives in the throw. An- another separation game here, Shane. Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Arkansas, in Arlington. The Aggies, man, do they got the Razorbacks number like it's nobody's business. But yeah. I, And none of these, I, I won't use the word fluke, but a lot of them are like wild, wild shit happens where you're like, only to Arkansas could yeah. that happen in this game. So there's a lot of bad mojo. This has vibes of Tennessee, Florida for Arkansas in this matchup. But A&M, we don't know about Connor Wigman. Could go, could could not. KJ looked to be getting a lot more comfortable in Dan Eno's system. Yeah. This, man, this is another – I know the, the point spread favors A&M. I get it. That makes sense. I would favor A&M. But this is another one. This this feels like a coin toss to me. What's the spread on this one? I mean, four a And M. I mean, still. You know, I just think that, that this has turned into a a very high pressure game. Yeah. Um. You you know, obviously Jimbo's going to be on defense until he wins a wins a game he probably shouldn't have, like an Alabama or an LSU or something where he's an underdog or something. Right. But until then, he can't afford to lose any game he's a favorite in. Um, and then you got Sam on the other side. Take, I mean, deleting Twitter, getting back on Twitter, you know, <laughs> trying to consult his, his, his young players and tell them it's going to be all right. And I get it, man. Social media is a bitch. <laughs> Trust me, I have seen the dark side. You, I've been I've been overweight for 41 years, Mike. Not a fat joke out there. I haven't heard, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know there's some mean people. But when you choose the life of the spotlight, you're gonna get it. And and yeah. and so be ready. But don't 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 pay attention to it. That doesn't that doesn't affect Saturday. Me calling somebody a name or or clip art and somebody's, you know chest or whatever i've seen that one floating around well who cares you know yeah. we're, we're gonna go out here and, and kind of like what, what what's his name say we're gonna do it with our pads uh what's his name the organ guy i keep forgetting Daniel, Dan yeah. Lanning. yeah he's like we're gonna do it with our pads do it with your pads go out here and compete and win a game you need a big game your coach needs it the fans need it the players need it you can you talk about revitalizing a program Beating Texas A&M is it a, a team that's had your number for several years now? Yeah, and and there's been some flukes along the way. I won't bring up any field goal kicks or anything like that. <laughs> but but again, you put it all to bed if you can come out here and you win. And I I'm Texas A&M. They think they're going to steamroll Arkansas, but this is the best quarterback you faced ever this year. So be ready. We got to see a little bit of it last week against LSU, but man, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be a hell of a game. Do you think any of that with Sam Pittman and all that is the pressure getting to him? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, you, yeah, I guess because people doubted him getting the job anyway. There's right. like, you know, there's no way this is going to work. You know, obviously he wasn't plan a, you know, or, or whatever, but you know, I think there's a little bit of doubt because Sam's further along in his coaching career and just now getting that opportunity to be a head coach of the SEC. So I can I could see what he had. He's got that imposter syndrome right now, you know, where he probably thinks that he shouldn't be here and they're catching on to him, you know. But you do that by overanalyzing everything. And, and, and some of the stuff he's done during the games, I've noticed, you know, just just – Pull the chart. Do you think you can get the first down? Can you get it in shotgun? You know, if you can't, then don't get in shotgun. Or, or you know, it's just stupid stuff like that that you just got to simplify the game. And I've not, I've never been a head coach. I've never been, but I've, I've had doubt. I do it now. You know, when we do live shows and we go to <laughs> SEC media, it's just a matter of time before someone figures out that this gimmick is all, you know, <laughs> that Shane is an idiot and he shouldn't be on this and somebody else should be over here in this seat. But, you know, you got you to gotta put that to bed. People just want to hear truth. And that's one thing that that is one of the things we love most about Coach Pittman is his honesty. But in the in, on the backside of that, it gets you hurt because when you're vulnerable, they'll attack it because that's what that's what media does. So right. enough enough of the coach. I, I will say this: it's it's as simple as going out there and winning football games. That's that's all it is. So go out here, beat Texas A and M. They'll they'll start they'll start singing your praises again. Right, and I think it might be as simple as cleaning up stupid stuff like penalties. That's that they constantly have been having. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have those, their record's probably – hell, they may be undefeated yeah. right now, Shane. I mean, they might be that different. And and I think a win like this would buy you a ton of goodwill and, and get you back, get you enthused, get you fired up because we said it. I mean, they shouldn't have lost the BYU game. Yeah. We've made no excuses for that. But at LSU, at night, they're probably not going to get a tougher game than that. Right. And that went down to the wire. They literally had LSU on their heels – they convert some of those red zone trips to touchdowns. That wouldn't even have been a ball game. They would have won maybe even easily yeah. against LSU. So if they can do that against AM, I think they got an excellent chance. Whereas I'm telling you, I mean, I don't I don't know why no one else is talking about this shape, but I'm a little concerned with this quarterback <laughs> drama here. Yeah. Because it everybody's well, this is a Connors team. This is a Connors team. Well, is what if what if Max comes in here and lights it up? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they throw Connor back out there and he He's not quite ready, and he's struggling, and that I mean, this we saw it last year. Yeah, they, the same thing. Get a little spark from one guy, and then it doesn't work out. Then we can't go back to the other guy. He's not playing as good, and right, you, you, you start to seesaw effect, and then your coach can't pick the quarterback, and then why is he our head coach? You know, so right. it, it is a snowball effect. And I'm with you, man. The quarterback situation is kind of. You know, I listen to Jimbo's. It's weird how nobody really just came out and asked. Is Connor going to be okay? Is he playing? It's like by the final, I think we're 20, 30 minutes into this, he found somebody kind of hinted at it and he says, Well, we're going to have to see how he does in practice, you know, but I don't know. That's not confidence to me. Right. <laughs> you know I'm saying even if he is a little banged up, they may roll with Max. And then what if Max doesn't perform, you know? So I don't know. I'm just talking about injuries, though. What's one thing about Arkansas and Sam talks about is, you know, they, they had a couple bumps and bruises in this last game, but no serious injuries. And they're going to have, they're going to start having some dudes coming back, right? You know, and I think that's also a pivotal. Rocket biggest piece, 
you know, could also show up for this one. And damn, they need him. Yep. Any series is frustrated Arkansas fans. It might be this series because of how many close calls there have been, including last year. Maybe what's your maybe overall take on what it's been like facing them since they've been in the league? You know, um, obviously two years ago when we went over there and won, that was that or went down to Dallas last year. Um, when I was here before, we lost in overtime. I'm not for sure if it wasn't twice. We, I think it was once for sure, but I'm not for sure if it wasn't twice. Um, you know, it's a series where, you know, game's going to be close. Um, obviously, another trophy game, things of that nature. But in all honesty, in these close games, we've come up disappointed um, more times than not. So we've got to play. Uh, with the same amount of passion that we had last week, but with smarter, you know, pre-snap uh, penalties, basically both sides of the ball. Because the other, the other penalties are going to happen. You're going to get a hold, and, you know, we had one. You're going to get a hold on defense. We had two. Uh, you're not – you're coaching, trying to coach that. But the pre-snap penalties, we overcame them offensively, doesn't – besides the – third and or fourth and the the short yard down on the goal line but it doesn't make it right we've got to get that out of us we thought we were prepared thought we'd done a nice job there but obviously we didn't do a good enough job penalties obviously it's impossible to fully simulate a game situation in practice but in your experience what's the best way mid-season mid-week to address the penalty situation and make tangible progress there well we you know, obviously what we did last week to address it didn't work. Now, um, so uh, all I know is is that you have to have a ball in everything you do on the D-line. You have to move all the time on the O-line. And you have to move with noise. So today we're going to do it without it just to emphasize speed, getting set, all those type things. And basically, it's a new day. We're having some install, and we've got to talk to them. But I think throughout the week, you just overemphasize movement and move calls and those things. And uh, with try to simulate, like you said, as much as you possibly can. But um, obviously, what we did last week didn't work, so we're going to try something a little bit different. Our Arkansas team, who I think is a really excellent team. I mean, they're 2-2, two and two, could be 4-0 and oh, just as quick as they're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, uh, offensively, K starts with KJ Jefferson. I mean, the guy is—I uh, say—reminds me of Cam Newton so much. I mean, he's six foot five, two hundred fifty, fifty-five pounds, or forty-five, whatever they say. Yeah, I know he's a giant. <laughs> I don't know what they weigh him at, but he's big, he's strong, he can fast. He's throwing the ball excellent, making great decisions. He's hard to get on the ground. Breaks through. I mean, if you're a D lineman, he breaks through it. So you're going to have to make sure you wrap him up when you get pressure. Receivers, big, long, athletic, got really good ball skills. The young tight ends making a lot of plays. Odd nine is making a ton of plays for them. And uh, the backs are running the ball. I know Sanders isn't in the game, and, and the starting back, but they're still moving it really well and scoring 36 and a half points a game. So, I mean, you know, you gotta, you got to be on on offense to help your defense, and your defense going to have to get off the field and make plays. It, it, it's very challenging. You mentioned KJ's size. Oh, yeah. When you have a quarterback like that, um, does that change the way you come up with how you're going to spy him? 
Well, yeah. I mean, who it does it or how you do it or which way you force him or how do you collapse or try to rush the pocket or, you know, every, every quarterback has things he does well and things he doesn't do as well as the others. And you're always trying to force them to do the things they don't do well, whether it's, you know, scramble their left, scramble their right, <coughs> or sometimes contain in the pocket. Some guys you want to, you want to, you want to build that wall. And like say you want pass rush, but as much as anything, the worst thing a quarterback has, in my opinion, you can, I'd rather have a guy run at me free. I've always said that at least I can make him miss if I can see him. If I don't see him, it ain't good. But as whether you take the walls and you collapse the pocket on them, you know what I mean? Certain guys, you got to – when those walls, like you're in a room and there's no hole to go out of and those walls are collapsing too. So there's different ways to affect him. We're going to have to do all of them, in my opinion. And he, there's going to be times he's probably going to break through a few times or two and pray to God he doesn't and our spies can get him on the ground. And to the right. I don't know if the, the neutral site has anything to do with it, but what is it about this Arkansas matchup that just seems to always be a, a close game between these two teams? Well, I mean, you got two teams that are used to playing each other for many, many years. There's great history. There's great tradition back to the Southwest Conference days and all the games and how much they meant. And then you, when you play an opponent consistently over and over and over yearly, I mean, it's like playing your brother in a weird way. You know what I mean? You're out in the yard or your guy you play, you're, you're, you're going to compete and play hard and it matters. And it doesn't matter if they're supposed to be ranked high and you're not or whatever. It always seems to always come back to those. That's what makes rivalry games and history games so, so great. And the more you play somebody, the more comfortable you are so you know how to compete against them. And I think that's what all this is part of. All right, Shane, don't forget, we are brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to MyBookie.ag today and put in that promo code that. S-E-C-T-H-A-T-S-E-C, and they're willing to give you an instant 50% bonus up to 1000 bucks. So you could have $1,500 in your account today with that promo code, that S-E-C, over at mybookie.ag today. Not only college football, but NFL, baseball, basketball, all the sports, even UFC covered over at mybookie.ag Please sign up for a new account and don't forget that promo code that SEC for an instant 50% initial deposit today. Help the podcast sign up for my bookie. We're also brought to you by Game Time Sidekick Shane. Oh, got my Game Time. I just ordered some new Game Time Sidekicks, so we'll be showing those off here uh, on the next episode. But uh, this is NCAA officially licensed. Stainless steelware, cups, sippy cups. They got them for the babies now. They got them for the dogs. Shane, they got them. <laughs> Everyone's covered over at Game Time Sidekicks. Every SEC team, even Texas and Oklahoma, every Power Five team covered at GameTimeSidekicks.com. Head on over there at the checkout. That's the most important part. Put in the promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order over at Game Time Sidekicks. Again, that promo code S-E-C, for 20% off your entire order. We promise you will not be disappointed with your game time sidekicks. And also brought to you by Rogue Shop. Shane, head on over to RogueShop.com. Same promo code, S-E-C. We get you 25% off your entire order this week only on CBD, THC, Delta 9, RogueShop.com. Promo code SEC. Again, 25% off until just this Friday. Then it goes down to 10% off on your entire order. So get those orders in this week. Free shipping on all orders over 100 bucks on this veteran-owned owned business, small business here. Help small business grow. Help the podcast grow. 
get over to rogueshop.com and put in that promo code SEC at the checkout. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, how about uh, this one, Shane? Interesting. LSU at Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> they need a win really bad with Giffen, especially. But speaking of separation, if Ole Miss loses, they're. Their, their hopes in the West are done because yeah. they still got to go to Georgia. Yeah. They got to go to Mississippi State. Uh, and the spread, I mean, shocking. LSU by three. You what, know, what if they lose big? Ole Miss? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like everybody was on Lane the will start the rumor mill. I'm going he to was, Michigan State. He's on the, he, you know, I mean, everybody was on the lane train and, yeah. you know, everything's good. Everything's great in Oxford. You know, he signed the big contract and, you know, now you go down, you beat a team, Alabama. I, again, it's Alabama, but it's not last year Alabama. Right. It's not three years ago Alabama. This is an Alabama team that people have penciled in as a maybe now instead of a guaranteed loss. So, um, you know, you have that one and then you turn around and if you don't have, if you have a lackluster game and you lose by multiple scores, people are going to start, you know, questioning him and his antics and stuff. Well, not only that, but his, how they build the roster down there, Shane, yeah. with adding all these transfers, which they can, it can pay off mm-hmm. or there could be no chemistry. Yeah. You could have guys, you know, let's call it what it is. I mean, some guys are there for one year so they can make it to the NFL. Right. They'll, they may shut it down. They've already got their paid. I ain't doing. I'm not, right. I'm not sacrificing my body for this loser team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I I'm not saying that that will happen, but it could. It could. And I I think that's a real problem. And and we may sit back here in a couple of years and say, well, this is why you don't add 30 transfers every off season because yeah. there's no continuity. There's no chemistry. Uh, they're still trying to figure things out. Every season, it seems halfway through, yeah. we're still trying to put the pieces together. And last year, those fans have not forgotten Shane. They were what seven and zero. Right. They finished eight and five. Yeah. I mean, that's awful. Yeah. That's 
terrible. And it, they only got to 7-0 because they didn't play anybody. <laughs> and the same thing this year. They went 3-0 because they ain't played nobody. Yeah. And now it's coming to SEC time, and it's starting earlier. They're dropping these games. Lane's press wasn't that long, but that was pretty much the the question over and over. How are these How are these players going to react to this mm. loss? You know, is it going to be like last year? Yeah. Because they all know. I mean, when the wheels fell off, they fell off, and and we're earlier in the season now. You know, we're not eight nine games in and an experienced top five team. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's it's a little bit different, and now it's not rainbows and butterflies anymore down there in Oxford. So. You're going to have to have somebody bounce. And usually in, in these type years past, it was all about leadership. You know, they got a lot of older guys on this team, but they're going to really need some leadership from within to kind of recalibrate and come out and play another top five opponent. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I'm worried about them. I'm worried about Ole Miss. And I think LSU kind of figured it out. They've been a seesaw team. And you may even said Arkansas last week was a little bit of a down on the seesaw, but usually you see them bounce back up. Mm. And uh, this is a good good team for them to stretch their legs and show everybody that LSU's legit. You Any know? concern, though, that their defense is getting cut up by KJ and Florida State? A little and- bit. A little bit. But they've got depth. You know, I, I think it's just putting the right pieces in. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not – name calling or anybody and you know i mean you could clearly see there were some mistakes made in the secondary but those are mistakes that you can correct and it's also a team that's got enough depth back there that if this guy's not getting it done we're going to try you're seeing young kids um what's his name on the defensive front um i can't remember his name but he freaking came in like a world beater and and even in the press conference uh brian was like well let's don't let's don't have the parade just yet he's young he's still learning you know so you're seeing some guys like that start to emerge in lsu i can't remember his name you listeners are like screaming at the radio right now but but that's that's what this team has is a lot of young talent too mm-hmm. that is going to be superstars one day and it's just trying to get them in acclimated at the right time because you don't want to put them on an island out there let me ask you this though i it, does a high, a high scoring game? Because I think this will be a high scoring game mm-hmm. with Ole Miss and LSU going head to head in Oxford. Does that favor LSU with Jaden Daniels and this receiving core and, and emerging running backs, or does that favor Ole Miss, who Jackson Dart didn't have a great game last last week, but we've seen him improve. Judkins desperately need to get him going. If if it's a high scoring game, I'm assuming. Jukins finally gets rolling here. Does a high-scoring game does it favor LSU or does it favor Ole Miss? Because I'm I could go either way on that one. Mm-hmm. Like I, last team has yeah, the ball, you know. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think that's the kind of game we have here. I think Miss I think Ole Miss needs to keep it low scoring. So I guess yeah, if we're going high scoring, I think it's going to favor LSU because they just got too many weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Ole Miss doesn't. I'm, I'm again, I'm not completely out on Ole Miss. It's just Alabama's offense is not that good at all. You know, there was a point. I mean, you were discussing like, why don't they just put nine in the box? You know, <laughs> and just like go at it. You yeah. know, just press these guys. Yeah, it just kind of. But you, you're not going to be able to do that with LSU. With with neighbors and and uh, Taylor and yeah. all these guys, I mean, they've they've got too many weapons out there, and they got one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the country. You know, depending on who you ask, and and so 
Yeah, uh, this is a different animal, and the defense is truly going to be tested this week with LSU. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because the last thing I wanted to ask you on this one, Shane, Jane Daniels, yeah. what we've seen against Mississippi State completely tore them apart, mm-hmm. and then Arkansas, once he got rolling, he was unstoppable. Not that this game specifically people are going to be like, oh, we got to get this guy to Heisman because yeah. he beat Ole Miss. I'm not saying that. But if he plays as well as he's played the last two weeks – and he does it the rest of the year. Do you think he's a Heisman finalist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I mean, because he's he's he fits the mold, and 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 it's it's crazy how like Heisman's are changing. Mm-hmm. You you got to be a, a complete game changer, and it's and it's almost like the pocket passers aren't going to win it anymore because they're not right. flashy enough, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like and, – and that's what Daniels is. He's truly a dual threat. He's going to have a lot of touchdowns by the end of the season, but he's also going to be a piece in some of these games that if you remove that and put another quarterback in, they don't win. So he is just uh, – yeah, he's just – he's fun to watch. And, and, and it's not just his legs. He's a hell of a thrower, and he's figuring it out. You know, last year I think that was – problem was the ups and downs was a lot of it was with him right but you know being down against arkansas and being able to like immediately come back in you know i don't think that happens last year i think last year arkansas ends up winning this game it shows me the progress that he's making do you feel like this year's team is starting to play with the same resolve that last year's team had can you start to see that i'm seeing that starting to evolve in that identity and look i, I mean there, there are times when you play uh, in quality competition that um, you you get a better sense and feel for your team, and and especially when you're down, right? Uh, we weren't down against Mississippi State at any time. We weren't down at any time uh, against Grambling, um, and we we really didn't have the right mix, uh, a mindset going into the Florida State game, so. This was our first chance really to, to identify who we were when we got down late. And we immediately responded, and uh, we came out in the second half and, and played the kind of football that I expect. Um, never flinching, knowing that we were going to take some more shots. Uh, and when we gave up a play, uh, we, we forgot about it and we got to the next play. And so that, in answering your question, starts to to form an identity as to who you are, and I think that we're seeing some resiliency from last year to this year. Um, you said just tweaks on defense to get the guys in the right position. What sort of things is that? Is it like a really big overhaul or just sort of? No, no. Like? This is not. I mean, again, I, I gave you some. I think clear examples of when a defense is tested, especially after the fake field goal, you get a chance to see what you're made of. I mean, that's an easy opportunity to lay down. That group did not lay down. Uh, They were challenged um, in that situation to come up with some plays. Um, Their their eye control was excellent. Their assignments were excellent. We we just need to do that on a more consistent basis. And we we tend to lose our focus um, and – and we just have to drive that home with this group that when, when they are um, doing the little things the right way, they're a pretty good defense. When they try to do, like, your job and somebody else's job and not their own job, we're not so good. And 
that's just the maturation of the group. We've got young corners that don't have a lot of experience, um, and 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 our safeties have to be consistent. They're trying to make up for some uh, inexperience and trying to do a little bit too much, and they just got to do their jobs. And and when that group really comes together um, with our front seven, I think we're we're going to be a really good defense. Coach, in your eyes, what are the issues up front on offense, and how do you go about addressing them? <clears throat> yeah, we we got to get better. Um, you know, we got to coach better, involve different schemes, different things. Um, and you know, we're just sometimes <clears throat> running games interesting. You know, you'll have these games, and all of a sudden they'll pop, and uh, you have a bunch of explosive runs. So you know, we just gotta. I'll go to work and figure out a way. It's not like we haven't. It's not like we're a team or a program that didn't hasn't, you know, ever ran the ball or hasn't known how to run the ball. So, um, it'd be really good to get back to that. Yeah, and then just uh, just one more. I know the Bama game is still pretty fresh, but how are you seeing your guys kind of respond to this adversity this uh, after last Saturday? Uh, good. I think today, um, you know, we used the morning to break that down with them, go over it, what we needed to do, um, how we, how, what plays were significant and how we could have won that game. And then we move forward. So I actually think with kids nowadays, there's a lot of issues with, you know, this new generation and how they deal with things and what they expect. But one good thing is I do think they move, they move on quickly. So I, I think that we struggle more moving on, um, know from a loss or negative things than they do all right how about uh the deep south's oldest rivalry shane george has owned it though at auburn at least they at least this is jordan here yeah. we're fired up we got hugh i'm a little worried though shane because after we saw last week i don't want to say auburn got exposed because you know on further review you know and he, you <laughs> could you before you go down this road, uh, i gotta ask you 330 cbs game is like gary up this one or is he is he gone gone He's back, baby. Oh, He's back. Yeah. They went to one big ten. They're like, oh my God. Yeah. No, we, no. We're back. We're back. We ain't gonna deal with that until next year. Yeah. Let's just send him back to the SEC. But Hugh Freeze is frustrated, Shane. Yeah. And that's got me thinking one of two things. I mean, it's always weird when these offensive coaches hire and they, they have a play caller. Yeah. Because that usually means things ain't going right. Mm-hmm. Or you know, at the time I thought I think that's kind of genius of, of old Hugh. Yeah. Because he's He's got. There's got so much on these guys' plate now with NIL, transfer portal, getting the, all that. But when you struggle, and we're seeing it, I've already heard he's kind of not stealing, but kind of edging his way into the play calling. He's getting frustrated. Why aren't we doing RPOs? Why aren't we doing this? The terminology is not what I'm comfortable with. I mean, that's, again, maybe, maybe it's just one bad loss, but I think Hugh gets a little bit more involved. So maybe the offense is not quite as awful, and yeah. and, and also he's he said he's made this point, and I believe him because I went back and watched that A and M game. There were plays there, yeah. There were just misses. Let's yeah. just call it what it is: bad, bad throws. That if these quarterbacks hit these throws, it's a completely different ball game. If they can execute against Georgia, maybe it is a little bit more of a ball game than anticipated. I mean, I think this this game and. I think it goes one of two ways, Shane. I think it's either a stunner, like a four-quarter game, yeah, 
Georgia's first road game. Carson Beck's never been tested like this. Or they just blow their doors off to Auburn. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's one or the other. I don't think I don't think there's any in between in this one. No, no. But the recipe's out for for Auburn now. They're gonna they're gonna play keep away. Yeah. Uh, especially with Georgia, they're gonna try to run the ball, yeah. which they've been pretty efficient with, uh, especially last week against Texas A and M. But mm-hmm. but Georgia knows that, and that's like their wheelhouse, you know. So that that does worry me because. Auburn cannot afford to have too many three and outs and win this game. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, And then once it starts getting out of hand, then they start throwing more, and then it could get real ugly. So it's like it's going to be either really kind of close or it's going to be a blowout. And, and that's where I keep going back and forth with this game. But I'm kind of surprised that Hugh doesn't know the terminology. You know, I'm surprised that – because I get it. And as an SEC head coach, you need to be the general manager. You know, you get you're, you hire the guys to put in place, and you got to trust them. And if you don't, uh, then you got to get you got to move on. But but that's you. That's Hughes' wheelhouse. You know, and, and I'm right. just kind of surprised that that we have that disconnect there. It's almost like if I brought in a guy, I want him to teach my philosophies. And if I'm freeze now, it maybe they are, they're just using different lingo and he, that's what he's having talk because that's his frustration is that he can't fix it right then. Yeah. He doesn't know what to say or, or what to do. And, and you can't just call time out every time. So, um, yeah, I kind of surprised me that because offense coordinators are going to come and go, you know, especially if things are going really good, they're going to keep getting, you know, other jobs and moving up and you bring somebody else in. But again, you're teaching them like Hopple. You're teaching the system, and then this is what we're doing. But it's your baby, you know. That's kind of what it, the mm-hmm. vibe I'm picking up. But maybe he just tried to delegate too much too soon, right? You know. Um, but I, he, I think they'll figure it out. And this is a big game, buddy. You know, we keep saying Auburn is going to catch a team off mm-hmm. somewhere. I don't. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be Georgia, <laughs> but I'm not saying it can't be. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't think people are going to appreciate this question, Shane, but <laughs> if Bo Nix was yeah. Auburn's quarterback, oh man. I I think I I think they'd have a hell of a shot here to knock Georgia off. Would you would you agree with that? I did not watch that Colorado Oregon game, but I did see the highlights. Yeah, I saw that too. And, and you know, and and I'm not going to lie when I saw Bo, I was like, "Damn, what could you do with that?" I don't know if he would have got the job. Right, you know, right. I mean, <laughs> they may, uh, what's his name in there? But I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. If he's just missing the piece, and yeah. and we all thought it was going to be Thorn, you know. But yeah, I mean, all has there been any transfer quarterbacks that have hit this year? That's kind of unusual. Graham Mertz, I think. Uh, Mertz, yeah, isn't that crazy? Like one of the last guys you expected <laughs> to hit yeah. turns out to be pretty decent, you know. <laughs> But the other ones, Thorne and all the Alabama guys and Leary, I guess you could argue, but, I mean, still he's not been exactly what we thought he would be. Yeah. But yeah, past, I guess we're not counting Spencer Rattler, right? Because he was already there. Well, no, yeah, already there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then you got Rattler and you got Hooker and those guys. I mean, right, right. That, those crop, that they did great, you know. But this last batch of transfers, it's like, <laughs> huh. You know, arguably, you could say the best transfer is backup to Dart. You know, <laughs> <laughs> do you think this is the week we we learn about Georgia? 
going on the road. Oh, yeah. 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 Because uh, n- nothing against – well, I don't know. I don't know. They played South Carolina. I thought we learned a lot from them during that game. This one, I didn't really pay attention to as much as I should have. I mean, but it was UAB, you know? Right. I, I, I really do – this is what we did last year. It's what we did the year before. We, we, we kind of gloss over Georgia for the month of September. It always feels like <laughs> – maybe the first game we'll talk about them because they usually have a tough opponent. Right. But after that, <laughs> they just kind of drift off. We know they're good, you know? <laughs> but now we're starting to get into SEC play. And, and I think we find out more about Auburn uh, in this game. You know, is the quarterback situation ever getting fixed um, than we do with Georgia? Because I think Georgia is – they are who we thought they are, and they're going to they're gonna win a lot of games, and, and they're going to come out well, – Let me ask it to you this way then. I mean, Kirby's always going to want to win. Yeah. So that's stupid to suggest, you know, because some people say, well, you need to lose, you learn something. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but – do you think Kirby would prefer like a 35-point win, you know, Auburn's awful and they just blow their doors off, or they get down like 14, 17 points and have to make a second-half comeback and sneak away with a three-point win? Which of those do you think Kirby would prefer? I blow out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mistake free. Yeah. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. You know, defense, three and outs, three and outs. Yeah. I, I think he's looking for the perfect game. Yeah. They practice for it. They scrimmage for it. They walk through, through you know, that's this what they do. They, it, you know, he even made a comment, and, um, and I don't know if you're about to play it, but, you know, in that little clip, he was just talking about that. Just perfection isn't this small window of football game it's it's the whole week prior to and and some of the mistakes that we see on saturday weren't actually on saturday it was because you weren't paying attention tuesday or you didn't do the walkthrough correct on thursday or something like that it's it's the little things that you do during the week and i know it sounds stupid and coach speak but it's it's the truth man if you don't practice that way you don't play that way and i think i think the South Carolina wake-up call being down at that half, that was the loss. That was the loss for Kirby. That They can pull back that tape and say, mm-hmm. hey, we we can't just guarantee a win. We can't just put our pads on and go out here and, and walk away with a victory because there's going to be a, another team that steps in on that field that's going to be better, and they're going to punch us in the mouth. And if we're not prepared, we're going to lose, and then all the dreams go away. Right. Everybody's going to talk about how good Georgia used to be. So – yeah, there's plenty of ammunition for the mistakes they've made d- during the season so far. But I, you talk about a team that has slowly progressed and, and is now kind of in season form. That's these guys. And, again, healthy, starting to get some of these guys coming back. And that's the last thing these other opponents want. <laughs> you, uh, you're talking about something like no RPOs and those things. Uh, how involved are you? In, in the game plan, and, and do you see yourself getting more involved in the play calling? Boy, this is uh, this is something I'm struggling with. That's all I probably need to say. <laughs> uh, it's not that I don't have. It's just it's it's this is new for me, and um, I'm afraid it when 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 I get uh, um. If if I did try to get too involved, that it could cause confusion with um, terminology, um, 
Um, but obviously they're going through the game plan with me. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't, I go through the game plan with both sides and special teams. And, and so again, I thought the game plan was solid last week. Um, and so again, some of it is, uh, but it's, but it's a struggle for me. And I've, I've confessed that to everybody in the building, um, where that, that ultimately leads to, let's see how, how the year unfolds, but it's, uh, you know, I'm confident that I, I, I'm going to be more involved. Um, but it's still difficult when it's, it's kind of not your, your terminology. And it's kind of hard to make, you know, a lot of adjustments right on the fly on the, on the sideline. And so anyway, uh, I think Monty and, and them are doing a great job right now of, of, of trying to correct the issues that we all see. And um, let's see how, how these weeks progress. But um, we were together a lot last night, a lot this morning, and we'll be this afternoon um, making sure. Now, look, you still got to block them, and you still got to go win a one-on-one. And that's easier said than done right now with the talent level that, that we're facing with a, a Georgia or an LSU in particular, that are coming up the next two, and even A&M. But I will say I thought we won some one-on-ones and just didn't get the 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 completion for whatever reason, pressure or didn't understand the progression properly or um, and all of that we have to get corrected as coaches. Into this week, think with the same mindset of Peyton as QB1 and Robbie will – get his touches in, in some facet yeah we're still kind of uh wading through that but uh that's probably uh where it will land this week also just following up on on the uh quarterbacks talked about kind of Peyton probably being the one that you were gonna look at this this week is you said that he has to keep earning the job I guess how does he earn the job going forward at this point well certainly with more consistent play but there's again there's times I feel like we've we've let both Peyton and Robbie and Holden or whoever the quarterback is I feel like we have let them down because of all the other components that go into the passing game and um, that is where I'm determined to try to help get fixed this week before you give some final grade on on a quarterback's play um it's just like when Robbie came in you know I thought he I thought he made a, a, a two really nice throws on, on two deep balls and I thought the routes were, were were not run correctly and um so I know that quarterbacks and coaches get the the blame coaches we deserve it quarterbacks don't always probably deserve it um and so I think, again, I've said we're still a work in progress with, with the roster that we have. And I think this I've always kind of had in my mind that uh, you, we have a – I kind of divide the season up. So there's, there's a season one, which is the season up until the, until the open week. And um, then you've got a lot of evaluating to do that open week as to how you move forward from there. Coach, you spoke about that a little bit Saturday night. Could you elaborate on what makes – different road environments unique to, to themselves? I think they're more similar than unique. I would have a hard time you know, pinpointing differences other than they're all loud as hell in our conference, and uh, they do a great job. I mean, I, you know, people oh, were in Missouri last year, and I thought it was as loud as anything at night. The environment was really loud, and it's not even an enclosed stadium. 
you know, and, and, and this this stadium is enclosed, and it, you know it's similar to ours. People have always said there's a similarity between the the, the look of theirs and ours, but it, it's extremely loud. I mean, I, I don't know how to differentiate you know, one school to another because they're just loud. They're, all their fans are, are passionate. It's very similar about. As far as just the, the play on the field, did you say that that is elite? And if not, how close or far do you think that is? I don't really judge it that way. Um, I don't think that answers your question, but I'm not, I, I'm looking at the progress and I'm looking at how much we improve each week through our practices because the, the game is such a small vision of what we see. And we put so much value in the prep, the walkthrough, the reps, the good on good, the opportunity periods where we get younger player snaps. I, mean, I put so much into that. I've been very pleased at the progression we've had in that. Um, as far as the field goes, it's so small that, that every test is another chance. It's like these little small chapters, and we're going into chapter, what is it, five, I guess? So we're going into chapter five, and we're going to see how we do All right, how about Alabama at Mississippi State? They've owned the series. Yeah. But this is not that Alabama. No. You know what I mean? Of course, maybe it's not that Mississippi State either, so – uh, I know so many people, Shane, back on the bandwagon. Oh, you fool with the decaying dynasty. Did you see what we did yeah. to Lane Whiffin? We dominated, yada, yada, yada. Do you know how yada. close Mississippi State and Alabama are? Closest, Get ready for that stat line. Closest in the end, yeah. 86 <laughs> miles or something. But I, am I crazy, Shane? I think Mississippi State has got a shot in this ballgame. After seeing the passing game come yeah. alive, Will Rogers, I, I think they've made the adjustments to get him comfortable in the offense. Rowdy environment. I mean, Alabama, I think, has to jump out to a lead, yeah. silence this crowd, because if they keep him in it, I think there is a real shot Bama goes down on Saturday. There's, there's something to this game, Mike. I don't know what it is, and, and I guess that's it. I guess Will Rogers, they, they discovered vertical passing last week. <laughs> that was a big one. But, you know, I think about the other Alabama games that we've seen up to this point, and the ones they really struggle with is the ones that can throw the ball. You know, you yeah. look at Texas, that's what they were able to do. They were able to stretch the field, and that's important because then they would be able to run. The defense, you know, they're just – Mississippi State has got a defense strong enough to contain uh, Jalen. That Say what – just force him to throw the ball. That's exactly what right. the recipe is going to be here. Arnett is one of the greatest defensive minds that is out there. I, if I can see it on a Saturday split screen YouTube, you know, <laughs> I can guarantee he's seeing it in film study. So this one I'm I'm worried about for if I'm an Alabama fan because you had that high beating Lane Kiffin, 330 game, blah, blah, blah. We're back, baby. This is a team that catches you off guard, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, seven to ten at halftime, and you're you're right. fighting for your life. So I'm not quite Honda Morristown in this thing, but <laughs> I am starting to lean that way, brother. Yeah, and this is a, a late game, eight o'clock Central, nine Eastern. Yeah. So Bama's going to have to sit around all day. You know, mm -hmm. that's some coach. They hate that. They want to get on the field. They love the early game if they're the away team. Yeah. They hate it if, it, if it's asked, a night game. They asked. Uh, What's his name? Billy that the uh and during his conference and 
they asked him if he preferred the early. And of course, he was like, I don't care. I just, I just want to win. But <laughs> I always wondered, you know, I think it would be, I think it would be better to get it early. Yeah. Just get on it, get early. Because if you, if you sit around all day, you are thinking about it. You're watching something, you're watching these other teams starting to fall off and, and you're thinking, Hey, we're better than we thought we were, you yep. know? And yep. then, yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's, I was always, it's one thing if it was a three thirty game, like it's the, the game of the week, but the nine, not not a lot of people are going to be watching this game at first, but they will turn that way if this thing remains close. Yeah. So you can Jalen Milrow, do you think, win on the road if he's not running the ball in the SEC? No. No, I'm I'm really worried. And I'm not trying to be a pessimist or the decaying dynasty. I, I think Alabama has arguably the best defense in the country right now. Yeah. And and that defense by itself is going to keep them in every game they play. They need just enough from that offense. But the problem is there are going to be some opponents that they face that have that have the ability to put points on that defense. And does Alabama have the ability to 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 counteract that? Maybe. You know, cuz there's flashes of Jalen you know, throwing some wonderful passes downfield, but there's also stupid mistakes being made. And so the inconsistencies for me has me worried about Alabama. I I do think they're a great team. I just don't think that they're an SEC contender. Mm-hmm. All right, final game here, Shane. Mizzou at Vanderbilt. Tigers, a big favorite, 12-point favorite, but uh, I'm a little worried about this one too, Shane. Why wouldn't you? Because Vanderbilt's got to get it, you know, if they have any shot at a bowl game. This is the one they, of course, they won two SEC games, but this is the one they let slip away. Yeah. It was a three-point game. And, I mean, I'm sure those players are hearing it, Shane, because all my mentions is, how about this LSU game we got in two Absolutely. weeks? Can we get game day? Yeah. You know, is it game of the year? Yeah. Could this be our coming out party? I'm like, whoa. Easy. You've got a conference game yeah. here. Coming up. So, I mean, Mizzou should win this game. They should win it comfortably. But this is college football, man. Just because you should don't mean it's going to happen. Well, and Mizzou's had the unique ability to play down to their opponents and up to their opponents. You know, it's just they've kept every game close, closer than it should be. And so I worry about every team, especially an SEC opponent. So Vanderbilt, did they look bad uh, against Kentucky? Yes, but they also had moments where they looked really good, you know, and maybe they learned something from the mistakes that they made last week. And, you know, they're, they've played a lot of games, more games than anybody in the conference right now, but they still got a quarterback that has the ability to get it done if he can get time. And, you know, when you have a good quarterback, and I, I know Swan gets a bad rap, and if you look the stat line, Yes, he looked bad, but you know he was fighting for his life a lot of times too, and he threw some stupid mistakes. Yeah. But uh, he also has the ability to just figure it out, you know. And I keep waiting for it. I thought we'd have it by week six, but you know we have it. So maybe it's this week. I just don't want Mizzou to get caught looking ahead, and they already are. And they'd be lying if the, if they're because I've seen it, like you said. It's the, can LSU miss this Mizzou? Are you going to be at this game? You know, yeah. I'm getting this in my in my feeds, and and that's okay for fans, but it's not okay for players. Players need to dial in and be ready for this Vanderbilt team because if not, all those dreams go right out the window. Yeah, and that's something Missouri, their players, their coaches they they have no experience with handling success. Yeah, how will they handle it? And I think that's why Drink came out 
in the Memphis game right off the bat, kicked the surprise onside, launch a deep one. You yeah. know, that hit. Yeah. But I, th- I think he knew he had to get his team engaged and fired up early. Yeah. Otherwise, we may be sleepwalking here. Where's, this, Memphis, at, where's this game? At Vanderbilt. With the construction and everything. I've, oh I've, I've heard Kentucky and all that. They're like, man, that was a wild scene. You got cranes and construction people. Are they working while they're playing? Is that, <laughs> no, is they it? stop oh, and they okay. watch a game. <laughs> the hard work is there, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, um, bring your hard hats, you know, because you're going to need – it's going to be a physical ball game. And I just – I don't I don't want – Mizzou is on the right path, man. I want – I'm looking ahead. I would love to see <laughs> undefeated Mizzou going against a top five LSU team. There's no, I mean, there's no reason game day shouldn't choose that. I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedules of the other stupid conferences, but I'm sure they'll find some <laughs> some rando team out there that's <laughs> yeah. got a s- cool story or something. Yeah, but San Jose yeah, State yeah, or, yeah, or, <laughs> or something. I don't know. But I, I when it's all said and done, they're on the right path. They're doing the right things. They keep finding ways to win. Don't just don't get distracted. You know you're going away. There's there's a lot of times with Vanderbilt. Even I mean, look at Kentucky. Look at Florida last year. Neither one of those teams expected to lose to Vanderbilt, but they did. Yeah, and it was embarrassing. And nobody's going to take all that success you had, even against Kansas State. Nobody cares if you lose if you lose this game to Vanderbilt. Yep. Well, buddy, I can't wait for it. A loaded, loaded slate. Nothing yeah. but conference matchups. It's going to be one hell of a Saturday. Hell yeah! You got anything else before we hop off the line? No, pumped up, man. Pumped up. I, you know, I'm. I'm Still going back and forth. On, a lot of people ask me about the South Carolina game. I'm not fully – I may be there, may not. I'm still working some some logistics stuff uh, from from my household, <laughs> mainly. So, <laughs> but uh, but I, I think regardless, it's going to be awesome. Uh, the entire Saturday is going to be awesome. Like you said, separation Saturday. <laughs> come on now. You sure I didn't tell you that? <laughs> sure I didn't come up with that one? <laughs> Well, I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. Dark mode. (laughs) Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.